That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Bat Force Radio. We have a full house tonight. I'll give you a minute to sing the song for a second in your head. We've got Bat Force Tom in California. Oh, cheers. Grandpa Batman in Texas. Howdy. Teasus in Jersey. Yo. Legends in California. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And this week's returning guest uh, is giving us something very different come September 6th. Uh, so Libra Mayo has just crea- uh, completed a future legendary run of variant covers on Detective Comics beginning at issue 1019 and ending at, I believe, 1062. And with my horrible math, 44 covers, I think. And that is now being collected into 56 pages of Batman Dear Detective which uh, I'll let him explain this better than me, but assorts all of those images into their proper intended narrative order, along with uh, some dialogue of sorts. And uh, we will all get to see that collection printed in the big black label prestige format size come September 6th. Welcome back to the show to tell us about it, Mr. Lee Bermeo. Thanks for having me back. Thank you. How are you doing? Always a pleasure. Good, 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 good. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Yeah. In the uh, midst of con season, everything here. Uh, have you done a lot of traveling so far this con season? No, I haven't done any, any at all, man. This mm-hmm. Fan Expo in Canada will be my first show in three years. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm equally anxious and excited at the same time. It's like, uh, you know, it, it'll be an experiment. Let's just I, play it that way. That's See right. How- you weren't at San Diego this year. I, I think uh, myself and maybe a lot of other people just assume that everyone is at San Diego. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought I was in, uh, you know, even you messaged me, but like a couple other people messaged me too after that to ask me if I was in Lake Como, which I, I yeah. didn't hear, um, you know, which is only like an hour and a half, two hours away from me. So, uh, you know, I suppose that's probably why they thought I would be there. But yeah, the, um, the uh, yeah, this Fan Expo will be, my first foray into this new world. Yeah, yeah so, Lake Como was yeah. one of the ones. Yeah, I, I did message you about that because I had people messaging me asking me if he was going to be like, "Well, is he announced for it?" Well, mm-hmm. no, but well, then they would probably have announced him if he was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I gave a horrible explanation of uh, Dear Detective, but uh, no, it works, man. W- would you uh, care to explain? So you, because you obviously had this planned uh, 
somewhere along the line of creating those covers, what was the process of, uh, of putting all this together? So I got, I got offered the gig and I thought this was, you know, a few years ago. And I thought I just did a big Batman project, you know, and, and I was kind of testing the waters with DC too, because everything at DC was very much in a state of flux. So I thought this should be cool. It's detective comics. It's to me like the flagship book, even if everybody loves Batman, I, I, you know, I'm a, a detective comics is DC comics to me. So I thought, let me see if I can do this. And, and, um, uh, actually that year in Boston at the Boston convention, I was there with Pete Tomasi and Brian Azzarello. And I, and I was talking to Pete Tomasi, who was the writer of detective at the time. And I, and I said, I think I want to try to tell a story these these covers and um like a loose story you know what i mean not something necessarily that you know um would be traditionally sequential when you when you break it down but uh something a bit a bit more open and tomasi i remember thought i don't i'm not sure if that's a good idea it might take attention away from the story that's going on inside the book and i thought i don't i don't know how that can happen because you know by the time all the covers kind of come out and people realize that there's something else going on here, people will have read and consumed those, those issues. And you know what I mean? I, I so, so I kind of just kept pursuing it and, and um, just doing it for myself. I didn't even think at the time that there would be a book. I just, I just kind of was, it, it to me was my way in to doing these covers, you know, like I'll, I'll start with a series of, kind of more iconic images. And I knew that I wanted it to be at the time I I wanted to be kind of like a day in the life of Batman. You know what I mean? What he, what he does. So you'd have the series of covers where he's gearing up in the bat cave. You'd have the cover where he's going out, you know, to respond to the bat signal. And then, you know, you'd have him going to the crime scene and investigating. And that was the, that was the original plan. And, um, and I knew they'd be out of order cause I knew there'd be no way to do that and still fulfill even vaguely, you know, cause not all my covers are referential to what's going on in the issue. But I thought I, some, I'll, sometimes I'll have to do a character, you know what I mean? Or I'll have to do a cover that is more reflective of what's, what the story and the issue is. So I just started kind of doing it in my, in my breaking it down in my head that way. And, um, uh, you know, uh, at that time it was kind of a, uh, let's see if DC eventually lets me collect these. But if I tell them right now that that's what I'm doing, no one at DC is going to let me do this, you know, cause it just, I could already see the gears turning and right away. There would be like, well, why would we pay you your cover rate for, a book eventually that we could pay you a smaller page rate for. So there's, so there was all these other kind of factors that I knew like bureaucratically would never, would never fly. Um, so I just, I just kind of did it. And as the, the series progressed, editors changed hands because a bunch of people got fired and then, um, or left, you know? So the book kept changing hands and I just kept kind of doing what I was doing. And, um, I think it was, about last year, maybe around May or April or something, when I kind of finally said, I'm going to pitch this and, and uh, 
and you know I'd done enough covers at that point in time that I thought I could make my case. And and you know, luckily at the time that they they responded to it, and, and um, I, I pitched it as a Alex Ross sized book. You know, those like Paul Dini, Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are sixty pages or something, and so I pitched it as, as that. And uh, I, apparently, those books don't sell, or at least that's what <laughs> that's what that's what they eventually told me. But um, yeah, that, that's how the book was pitched, and and so like then it came it came down to me like finishing the run and, and part of finishing that run was getting everything I needed to, to eventually build a fit in the story. So like the last cover I did, I was originally going to do that. It was, that was going to be like the fifth or sixth cover that I did in the book. And then I just kept waiting to do that, like that last image or not, maybe not the last, the second to last image. Cause I think the last image in the book is, is a uh, shirtless, shirtless bruise. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I had kind of this, this vague idea of what the story was going to be. And then of course, you know, like I said, you run into that moment in time where the editor says, well, we need the Riddler in this issue, or we need Mr. Hyde or these characters that I, you know, I'm not, maybe not as familiar with, we need the Huntress. And so it it came down to me saying, well, well, if I'm going to tell this kind of evergreen iconic Batman quote unquote story, it should feature all the villains. Cause like he should, if, if this thing is from the point of view of this Zodiac kind of like letter to Batman, the suspect list should be all the, you know, bad guys you can think of. And if this person is taunting Batman, he would be taunting Batman also threatening everybody who he, you know, mm-hmm. who he holds dear. So that gave me the the way in to do all the villains and then do the, like the Robins and his kind of journey with all the allies. And so, yeah, it just, it became this kind of uh, organism that started to kind of change over time. But the thing that remained the same from the beginning was pretty much this idea that um, I wanted the, the, the narration aspect of this book to be that, that, that Zodiac kind of letter. You know what I mean? The the actually the Jack the Ripper kind of letter was the real cool was the real inspiration. So how far through, uh, how far into the run do you think you were when you got to the point where you decided, okay, I'm going to have to think about what images I need to to be able to complete this. I mean, I had like when I started out, I had. Uh, I jotted down maybe 15 images that I wanted to do. So I had like, you know, there's that cover of him coming down the fire escape and there's the two windows and he's seeing what's in behind those windows. So I knew I had that image originally. It was going to be a woman tied up and I couldn't do that. So there were some changes that I kind of had to make editorially as I went um, because apparently women don't get, tied up anymore you know what i mean like oh, oh. <laughs> there's, there's like all this kind of stuff that you have to that you have to deal with editorially but it's cool like in the end i don't think it changes anything it, you know it's it's um i had all those the like up to the point where he rescues the kid i kind of had that you know what i mean i kind of had the the um Jim Gordon moment that I wanted to do with him at the bat signal, which connected to him jumping down. And originally then that was going to cut to him landing, you know, like there was all this 
kind of connective tissue that I had. Um, and then I kind of like the kind of fun part of it was at a certain point, I could kind of start moving pieces around the board a little bit, you know what I mean? And I could think, well, this kind of also works over here and maybe, you know, just breaking down the story and wanting the, the, um, the, the writing, the narration pages to fall on the left hand side of the book that added some, some wrinkles and some problems to solve. But, um, Ultimately, it was just like something that kind of kept uh, evolving, like the whole Arkham sequence at the end, which was, I, which was actually perfect. That was all from the book. You know, they were doing something in Arkham at the time. I forget what it, what it was. And so, and so I thought, oh, perfect. You know, like after the villain sequences, the whole point of this should be that he spends all his time locking these people up and, and you know, but inevitably what if they just escape again, you know what I mean? Or they just, <laughs> you know, so... So I thought that was a cool kind of sequence to cap off, um, kind of show the futility of, of, of what he does to a, to a certain extent. So yeah, it was, it was the whole thing was a big experiment. You know, I, I, I didn't know they were going to even publish it up until maybe I, I pitched it, I think in June or July. And I didn't find out they were going to do the book until I think January this year. So, uh, you know, it was all kind of up in the air. It was like, you know, uh, it, it, it was just something really that I, that I thought, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe, maybe it won't work. Maybe it works. I don't know, but let's, let's try it. I've done Batman books before. Let's do something different this time. You know? Yeah. Leave it to you to break down walls and, and start a new mm-hmm. trend. And, and, you know, I remember when these first started coming out, I mean, I was trying to pick these up as soon as I could find them. And we were talking about, it. I was like, you know, this kind of seems like a story in a way. And then, and then we started hearing, you know, little uh, rumors about that. And then I was so happy when it was confirmed because I'll be honest, I haven't found every one of these. I did find most of them, but I, I haven't found all of them. And um, these are just beautiful covers and I'm, can't wait to have them all in a collected edition. Yeah, I was kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone, you know, like collect, yeah. but at the, but at the same time, make it work as something more that, like, if no, if people who weren't picking these things up while they were coming out, how could I make this um, like a replay value? You know what I mean? How could I give these kind of things a different, a different life and and. Uh, Again, man, it's like, you know, there's so many Batman books. <laughs> there's, there's, so ma- there's so much product out there, you know, and, and at a certain point you do feel like you're just, I'm going to do Batman again on a cover, you know, like part of it is just like, how do I entertain myself? When I, <laughs> when I, how can I make this challenging to myself, even if it never wound up happening? You know what I mean? I, I, it was still a way in for me for these for these covers, you know, just like, what do I do to keep myself motivated on a long run? And I just kept thinking about those Michael Golden covers, man, like those, those amazing covers that I think Golden did for detective comics, where it was like each one of those was evocative. And, you know, I, that, that to me was like the gold standard for Batman covers. And, uh, you know, it kind of, um, it almost kind of created 
an incentive for us as readers to collect them also, because part of what I was trying to do was put them in the order myself to make to what I could see what the story right. was. And that yeah. was kind of cool because like you said, you could mix them around and you can almost create different storylines, you know, with, with how you, you know, order the, the titles. Yeah. And I, and I don't pretend for a minute that I'm like reinventing the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think for, I think for most people, like there's, like I said, there's so much Batman product and it's so diverse that I always try to approach this like, okay, so if this is someone who's never picked up a Batman comic or maybe someone went and saw the movie and was like, I wonder if there's like a book out there that I could get that, you know, I like the movie. Maybe there's something out there that's cool that I don't have to have a lot of prior knowledge of comics or whatever that I can pick up. And, um, and that's, that was what I wanted this book to be like something that, you know, when a mom is out shopping and they want to get their kid mm. something for, you know, that maybe their kid doesn't even like comics. I don't know, but he liked Batman, you know, mm-hmm. like I thought, what's the thing that I could do that could be on a shelf and attract someone's attention or that a comic shop can say, Hey, you don't need to know anything about this character to, you know, <laughs> or, or, you know, assuming there's still someone in the world who doesn't know Batman, you know what I mean? But I think you get what I'm saying. That- like, Man, like I've never a strong yeah. gentleman who fights crime nocturnally. <laughs> so you you mentioned that there are a lot of bat books out there. Yeah, obviously there are, but the difference with this one is every page is done at cover level, whereas ev- yeah. any other book, you know, mm. people are trying to meet deadlines, so you're going to have those panels where you know they're some faces that are looking a bit wonky and some details that are kind of (laughs) glossed over, but this is very much not that. And when, when you first mentioned, uh, like you told me sometime back that there was a chance that these were going to be collected into a book and you suggested that there would be a, a, a sort of narrative sequence. I never imagined how much, how strong the narrative sequence would be when I actually read through this for the first time, I was really uh, taken by surprise at how much it, some sections of the book are almost panel by panel because it feels like it's flowing from one cover to the next. Mm. Yeah. I I think some, I think sometimes it works and like sometimes it readers have to be more involved in a book like this than they have to be in a regular graphic novel right like it's they they have to fill in the gaps more of what happens from one image to the next but part of me thinks that that's cool because man i i don't my work doesn't leave a lot to the imagination (laughs) you know like there's there's not there's not a lot of um i wish i i wish i had that gene that i could do like a mignola thing or you know where people um where readers are much more act, like active imagine in their imagination with the, with the image. I think I pretty much spell it out for people, you know? So, so the only way I can um, involve them further is by not maybe giving them everything, but I kind of hope that when people read this, they are thinking like, well, you know, what is this sequence about? Like what is, what's happening in between each, each cover and, and, um, I think that's a powerful part of comic books as, as a narrative medium, you know, that it's like this 
this involvement that readers can have. And when I say, I always feel like I'm not really speaking the same language as a lot of those guys. It's because they do that. I, I feel like I don't really do that. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and so this book was, if nothing else, interesting, interesting to see if I could kind of achieve a, a little bit of that, you know, we'll see. And, um, you definitely <clears throat> talking, talking to your point about like thinking how to make this something that is, has more of kind of like a reminiscent collective quality for, you know, someone who just, it, it captures your attention from the shelf. And so you might grab it if you weren't reading it. I personally haven't been reading like any of the detective. I've only been grabbing it because of your covers. And I know that I'm not the only one. Like it's, it's, it's an incentive for people to see that there is an ongoing um, theme that it's your art. So they're going to grab it anyway. But the fact that it's your art and it's an ongoing theme and how the, the bonus of it being a story later on, it gives me the sense of like, what, while you're talking about it, I got the image of, like uh, the Marvel cards back in the day, you know, like, oh um, yeah, you know, yeah. collecting all the Marvel uh, Marvel cards, putting them in the. I had I had like nice sleeves that I would put them in, and like I had a binder full of them. That's what this reminds me of. I was picturing Gramps talking about him uh, laying out all the covers on his floor, you know, single candlelit. He's naked, and he's kind of like, <laughs> you know, he's trying to like. That's just the image I got of of him trying to figure out the story. But yeah, you're not, that's you're not far off. <laughs> well, that that was right before we got started here. You were saying to, <laughs> to, to point out was was there uh, or can you think to which you said that like at one point someone is like, all right, you got to throw Riddler in there, and you're like, okay, well, how do I do this without them figuring out what I'm doing? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Arkham. Was there a cover, a character, or like a layout that you thought of, and then when you started doing it, you were like, God damn it, why did I do this? Like it was <laughs> a challenge. Oh, I mean, there was a couple covers that were pain in the ass, man. Like that one I was mentioning with Fire Escape, that cover was brutal. That was that was brutal. Um, and there was, you know, like, I, I don't know who Mr. Hyde is. You know what I mean? When they asked me to do Mr. Hyde, I was like, who is this? Who is this guy? I've never heard of this villain before. And they're like, he's create, you know, he's created in this run, apparently. I don't know. Even Huntress. Like, I, I'm not a huge Huntress fan, I, you know, they, they asked me to do Azrael and I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not into Asriel. Like I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people are and that's cool, but I'm, you know, <laughs> Asriel is not my thing. So I, I, there was like some of those moments too, where I, I thought, well, you know, how the hell do I make, how the hell do I make this work? And, you know, it's like, you just, that's where it comes down to this. All right. I got to break down a villain section and a, you know, an ally section, and that has to be a big part of of this. And and um, once I once I kind of had that, I thought, all right, bring it on. Like, if you want the Riddler, I I, I hate the Riddler, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you the Riddler. You know what I mean? Like, if, <laughs> if, if it fills if it fills a spot, and like even the covers that weren't part of the detective run, like there was that Catwoman cover I did, and the Gotham. What is it? Gotham oh, Village. the Catwoman special. Yeah. I just thought, like at the end, like their Joker 80th anniversary cover. All those covers, I thought, well, I don't need to do a Joker or Catwoman cover. I've done those already, so I can just utilize those, and that fills out my kind of, um, you know, uh, villain list or whatever. And, and um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it kind of started to almost like work itself out. You know what I mean? Like, like there was less problems than um, to solve than I thought there would be. 
because initially I thought, well, are they going to let me do some of these images? Because maybe they're, maybe, you know, they're going to, maybe I'm going to pitch to them like that, you know, image of Batman holding the kid. And they're going to be like, what does that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? I I thought that I would get some pushback and luckily it was, part of this is their variant covers too. So, I mean, you know, like that gives you a little bit more, a little bit more leeway, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone uh, who's read comics for any length of time goes in expecting uh, the interior to reflect what's on the variant cover. Yeah, no. The um the the point you made, Lee, about um, feeling like you might not speak the same la- language sometimes with some of the some of the other, you know, traditional quote unquote comic book artists, where um, they're allowing maybe like shadows and other things to like help tell or fill in gaps, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And you leave little to the imagination. Something that I've noticed about like, maybe not just this project that you're doing, but like your, your covers overall that you've been sharing is your backgrounds ha- are getting fucking insane. Like, like not just the, not just the foreground, not just the characters, but like you're going nuts with your backgrounds. Yeah. Like, and I keep thinking to myself, like that can't be easy. And so is that a choice because you feel like you don't um, that's that's the language that you prefer where um, you want to be as detailed as possible because that's what you like to see the, the fans are getting a treat uh, getting all that art but I have to imagine that is not easy for you to be as detailed like that and it's insane I think it comes down to just like I don't think about these any any cover or even like interior stuff that I do. I don't ever think about it in terms of, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. You know, it's just like that, that if I have an idea, I kind of have to be obsessive about doing that idea. Cause that's like, to me, that's the cover gig. It's not like, like how little I draw or how much I draw or, or, Oh, look, I'm a genius. Cause I left white on the cover. You know what I mean? Like I don't, it's, it's not about that to me. It's, it's about, um, I, I think a comic book cover should be should be working on three levels at all times. I think it should be I think it should be something that grabs your attention. I think it should be something that tells a little bit of a story. You know, if even in a very subtle, you know, quiet way. And I think it should be something that when you look at it, not everything maybe immediately has to, you know pop to the foreground but the more you look at it the more you'll, you'll involve yourself with it you know what i mean and that could be through detail or anything you know a lot of guys solve that problem their their own way you know what i mean i like the toolbox that i'm using for whatever i do is okay so i, I you know how can i make this thing feel real but hyper real you know to to a certain extent how can i kind of fool people into going into believing all this ridiculous shit. (laughs) How how do I do that? And at the same time, how do I make people look at the image and go tell themselves the story of the image? You know what I mean? There's, there's like even that Joker cover that's up on, on the screen now, like, you know, it's a fairly simple image to me, but the fact that there's so much going on with them, explosion of rocks and uh, you know the mushroom cloud in the background it makes it look very complicated but 
in my head, like it's, it, it really just comes down to this, like, you know, cue the pixies and, and what, you know, everything in the world is ending and these two are crazy. And that's, you know, <laughs> like this is those, that's who those characters are to me. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, that, it's like how, whatever it takes, you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I, I this, this one I'm throwing up because uh, now that you've you've posted yeah. it yourself, yeah, now, they told me I could actually. They told me, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, that one is so so evil and awesome. Is there any pushback on this cover? No, man, no, not at all. Huh. It's like, yeah, I, I, like, um, <laughs> yeah, they were they were on board. <laughs> now that that's a that's a, a point to bring. Uh, have you felt any change uh, with the recent change of leadership at DC, or have uh, have you been uh, unaffected by that? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I we said that we talked about this. I think maybe last time or the time before I was on here. DC is a totally different place now. You know, it's a totally different environment, and, and um, you know, it's like I. I, I I, I think I'm not saying anything that anybody else hasn't said already or everybody doesn't know already, but there's, you know, that you're kind of witnessing a, a publishing company um, in the midst of uh, like a hurricane. You know, that's like the best, that's the best way to describe them. Like people are trying to survive, you know, like they're trying to, they're trying to keep their jobs and they're, and they're trying to do good work. And I, I do believe that. I think they're like people there want to do, you know, the, the best stuff that they can. I think that the, the, um, the problems now is that like, you know, that, that, um, how can you, how can you make, um, brave decisions in a time where you prop, you know, things are going to, come back and possibly you'll lose your job in a serious way for that. What, what to us could just be, okay, so they did a book where so-and-so did this, you know what I mean? That, like it doesn't, um, I, I think that readers might even now be able to kind of uh, feel that tension. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that um, uh, you're, you're seeing a company that, Okay, like I'll put it to you this way. So, when would Batman Dan come out? Two thousand eighteen or nineteen? So four years ago, they pulled the book because of a shadowy dick, and now teenage characters' sexuality is like the forefront selling point to them of their books. So, like <laughs> you're, you're witnessing a company that like had made that extreme of a change in four years. In four years time <laughs> you know you know what i mean so so like to me there's you you are witnessing this like hurricane going on of, of what do we do like what you know oh shit that tree just flew through the window <laughs> you know like what what do we do now the house the house is falling apart but we're still trying to soldier on you know what i mean we're we're, we're trying to do what what we can mm. It, it seems like DC has to be more accepting to that because it's more of a social, they're reacting to what's happening socially and it's not an agenda, but what we hear in the news is also reflecting in what we're seeing in these, in this rift and these change in the comics. And when you made that comment, I was thinking to myself, what if these covers were out back when Dan was out? Right. 
it would be totally shut down or it would, you know, they would have so much, um, so much more of a rift and you started little things like that. And even the damn depiction of the dick, most of us didn't think it was a big deal. Right. But obviously there were certain people on that executive level that flagged it immediately <laughs> and shut it down. But I remember we spoke about it. Um, it was that one person who, you know, was calling the shots and that changed the whole trajectory and direction of black labor. I yeah, I thought it was so, so wildly that like the thing that just totally got just it was totally I didn't hear anything about it, but the last pan the last page on the first issue where you fucking defile a crucifix <laughs> in a fucking church like I remember seeing that last page. No one said anything about that. I was like, holy yeah. shit! Like I, I remember seeing that page and I'm like, holy fucking shit! Like they right. can do that? Like okay, like that's cool. And and that was insane to me. Like that, nobody bats an eye at that. No one fucking <laughs> said a word. I was like, he got away with it. Oh shit! But and now we're like at another. We're we're with the pendulum swang and you know swang in another way. And and um, it's just it's weird, man. It's like you're watching you're watching um, <laughs> you're watching a place with some of like the most valuable IPs that that company has at their fingertips kind of throw up their hands and go, does this work? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, is this, is this cool? Can we do this now? Like it, it's, it's, um, and you know, I don't, uh, since I'm not really doing anything else for them other than covers, covers at the moment. Um, I don't even want to mm, throw stones at them for that. You know what I mean? Cause I, I think that it's just, you know, it's such a complicated entertainment arena in general right now it, across the board. You know what I mean? Like people don't know how to deal with, you know, um, well, it's a complicated, uh, complicated industry yeah. trying to handle complicated issues and they're trying to, you know, retain and attract new customers that they have a lot of competition with other mediums and yep. yeah. And, you know, so they're trying to do whatever they can to attract customers. I get it. I see it. I, I understand what game they're trying to play. Sometimes it's I'm the audience. Sometimes I'm not. And I just yeah. have to recognize which avenues I am the audience for and which ones I'm not. And like your book that's coming out, that is definitely one I am an audience for. Um, yeah. And, you know, us as readers and other people as readers just kind of you know we need to figure out what we like what we don't like and you know our purchases will kind of steer the company for and you know not just dc but every publishing company what direction you know they feel that they need to go either on a content level or a social level but you know totally yeah well, some, some of those things that they're trying, either the things are working or they're doing them at the right time. Because yeah. working at a comic shop, I am seeing uh, over the past year, I would say, we've been seeing uh, a big change in the demographic of our new customers that are coming in right. every day and every week. We're getting over the past year more teenage female customers coming mm -hmm. in and opening up a pull list than we've had in years. That's right. awesome. You know, yeah. that, that, I, that's why I, I can't get 
behind necessarily the kind of, you know, as much as sometimes I feel like the old man in the, in the industry, it's like, there, <laughs> there's also that part of me that, that thinks exactly like Graham said, you know, that, that I am not the audience for everything, but I'm, I was never the audience for everything. You know what right. I mean? Like when I was 14, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't buying certain books cause that, that they weren't, you know, they, they weren't just weren't appealing to me, but the one thing that's that, that I think everybody can agree with, or at least should agree with, is the fact that if 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 this really is, I don't believe it's a dying medium by any stretch of the road. But if this is, but if this is something that has to evolve to survive, then we've got to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be awkward moments where people do things, that, and you know what? I, like maybe my book was one of those awkward moments, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, where I, you know, some spaghetti was thrown at the wall and people were like, we don't want that. You know, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, this, but this book too, my, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the response for this book will be. People might pick this up and go, this isn't a comic book. Uh, you know, this, I don't, what, what is this? You know what I mean? So, if, if anything else, I think like it's just a moment in, in the business where you just have to try things, you know, you have to, you have to, like you said, try to grow that, grow that audience. And maybe that audience is going to change over, you know, over time. And, and that's just the way, you know, mm-hmm. it has to do that to survive. Did you have any favorites? And I know you did all of these and they kind of blend together, but did you have any, any favorite covers that you did on these? Like, I think my favorite, um, I think my favorite cover of the run was the kid one, the yeah. little kid yeah. one. I, I wanted to do Batman with the little kid for a long, for a long time. Yeah. And now I just joke with little kids. So that, <laughs> you so, know, uh, that, that one was very powerful. I, I felt that that sent, a very powerful message that, you know, here's a guy that, you know, he's big, he's scary, but he's also a protective yeah. man. And, you know, in the end, he's, he's going to, you know, protect children. I thought that, yeah. that was a very powerful piece. I, I love that. Sense. And I reposted that. Yeah. I, I, there's, there was a couple in there that are stinkers, but they're, you know, they're, no. they're, 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 they're <laughs> you know, one, <laughs> Yeah, that one is there. Yeah, the just the image with the colors. I mean, just geez, wow. Yeah, I remember a couple of them. You telling me that you hated that. I liked like the the one that was the close up of the cowl. I think uh, you said you hated that. Oh, that was shit. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was like uh, I because I needed that image at the beginning of the book. I needed that kind of fade in image of just the like the the cowl. You know, I I needed that image. But man, it's like I, I wish I'd thought of a better idea than that. You know, like, there's there are those moments like, with everything, you know, where you, you're kind of like, hey, I wasn't firing on all cylinders for sure in that in that moment. But there was, you know, there were some other covers that really that really kind of surprised me. That um, you know, I I like I. I never liked Riddler. You know, I, I've always said I just I'm not a fan of that character. And but that Riddler cover, that wasn't a bad cover. You know, it could have it, it. There was there was definitely worse in there than that one. So uh, there's some some definitely some surprises. You know, one that surprised me. Um, you know, you said you don't really speak the language of other comic artists, but um, 
issue 1050 where it has the golden silver age and bronze age Batman with yours. Mm. I was like, dude, he's flexing on this uh, <laughs> because uh, you know, you've got your hyper real version next to iconic comic versions. I was like, wow, see, he's showing people I can do whatever I want. Any excuse to do Dick Sprang, man. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, give me, give me, give me a whole issue. I'll do a whole issue of Dick Sprang. Stuff. I, love, I love that guy stuff so much. The, the, um, something that I that I felt like was so Ooh, yeah. this stuff like this the the close ups this one of the of the close up of in the Batmobile and then also when he's riding on the fucking motorcycle oh, mm. and the close up on the motorcycle. God damn! I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that looks so sick. I like I, I I just like part of him is the vehicle, right? So yeah. Part of doing this run was just like, how can I do all the Batman iconography? You know, like you got to have him in the Batcave, you got to have him, you know, in the car, you got to have him jumping across the rooftops. You know, there's certain images you kind of have to you have to do, and, yeah. and then it's like, okay, so how do I, you know, how do I connect these? You know, and sometimes it really is as simple as he's driving. There's the Bat. Bobby on, you know, behind him in the next in the next image. It's it can be as simple as that, you know. It's uh, I, I, it's awesome too because you draw a realistic Bruce Wayne that is not a small Bruce Wayne. So when you put him in some of these dynamic moments, it makes it even fucking crazier because you're thinking of like this linebacker that's jumping off rooftops or he's <laughs> doing these things, and you're like, God damn, like this guy's a monster, like running through like the night. Like imagine seeing this dude. Like you look up and you see this fucking beast coming at you, you know, in the middle of the night. And it's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, or, he's not uh, five ten, one hundred and seventy five pounds. He's just grabbing onto a rope, you know. Like you see those proportions, and you're like, man, this guy's climbing, and every step is just very, you know, strong. But what I, mean, I wanted to say before too is like the colors. To me, that that's what the words are. Um, every time I see these these covers, you know, that's your narrative. And that actually what that's something that just stops you at a glance and you start p- filling in the story for yourself. And I think that's what the beauty is of all these pieces is it's open for interpretation as much as you provide this visual um, eye candy. But there's also a space for someone to really fill in the story, just like what we're seeing now. Like, what is he looking at or, you know, what happened that day or what's going to happen in the next scene? So that I think that's what the beauty of it is. Like as much as you give eighty percent of the visual, the other twenty percent is way more open to interpretation. So that's why it works as this beautiful book. And what we said before the show about like growing up watching comic looking at comics, sometimes you don't need the words, you know, it's it's the color, it's mm-hmm. the colors, it's that sense of direction um that keeps us just looking over and over. Totally agree. Yeah, to- totally agree. You know, I, I, I am, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I have a lot of books that I've never read, you know, comics, I mean, that I've, that I've never actually read, or I've read maybe 10 pages of it. You know what I mean? Like, it, like maybe it didn't grab me. The story didn't grab me, but, but the, um, the imagery does, you know? So, right. yeah. It's a, it's a turnoff sometimes when you get lost in too many words because there's just so many good things on the page and that's where I felt like when I started reading the black label, it's very digestible because it wasn't heavy on the words. It was really like taking you to the moment 
And um, especially the fact that you have just this painterly, hyper-realistic portrayal that is more important to the word than, you know, than reading words. Yeah, I, I didn't, I definitely didn't think, I'm not, I mean, I don't consider myself a real writer, you know, I, I, I think I, I think I'm a storyteller and, I, you know, if I can write something that gets the point across, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not Neil Gaiman, that's for damn sure, but, but what I, what I try to do is just make sure that the writing takes a backseat, you know what I mean? It's just there, it's just there in this book to kind of, and kind of like the same way Noel did, it's it's there to direct you to a certain extent, but the voice of that narrator too is is such that allows me to be a little, um, you know, less. Uh, uh, he doesn't have to be a perfect writer, <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Like it, you read those Jack the Ripper letters, and and they're you know, it's not clearly not someone who's, uh, you know just wrote the strongest or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it should just be like a, you know, a regular person making mistakes and crossing stuff out and, you know, all, all that, that aspect of it too. I, I wanted to make sure it had this kind of, um, readability even for a young, a young person, you know what I mean? Very young person. What, what I love about, your depiction of Batman too is like, you're not glorifying him. You're making him look like there's days, there's covers where he's not enjoying what he's doing. You know, he's trying to take that one moment of, he's just trying to, he's exhausted. Yeah. That makes him so much more humanistic. And you can tell that, you know, in, in the majority of these covers, um, along with the colors, it's just setting that tone and that temperature for how he's feeling, whether he's in the Batmobile and you see a little slash on his mouth or, or anything where he's just, you know, holding Robin, you see that agony and pain, but you're not glorifying who he is. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. You're in a very abusive artist to your character. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I, you guys, you guys watch rugby at all or, you know, I, I, you know, rugby players, like when they get off the field and they're fucked up, yeah. you know, they're just fucked up. Like they, they look like like they're smiling maybe because they won, but their eyes swollen and they've got like gashes on their knees and stuff like that. That's kind of how I think about that, man. He's like a like bad, you know? yeah. And those guys are beasts, man. Like you see them in person, and they're huge individuals. You know what I mean? Like they're it's not not even like <laughs> you know like their thighs is like two of me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> guys are 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 massive and and. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I always think of Batman, I guess, in, in that way where it's, yeah, like a rugby player, I guess. It, it's funny how known you've become for Batman stuff over recent years, but, uh, there were a lot of things that you were well known for prior to a lot of your Batman stuff, like the, the Hellblazer run that you did. And you even came back to that recently. Uh, I think it was Tom Taylor's, uh, Black Label book that you did this cover for, mm. and uh, yeah, mm. that you you did uh, what 20, 20 something covers for for Hellblazer uh, back on that old run too. I think I did thirty three. Wow, yeah. thirty over. Get it straight, Robin. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember. You could be right, actually. I, I could be wrong. 
and, and I know the, the only thing that really separated that from your detective run is that I know you weren't doing a cover for every issue back on those. You know, you would do a couple here and then one would be someone else and then a few more from you. I don't, re- I don't even remember at that point in time. I, I know that it was like me. Um, yeah, it was, it was a difficult gig just because of all the guys who come before and there was all this kind of pressure, you know, like Tim Bradstreet had just done it and Glenn mm-hmm. Fabry and Dave McKean, like, you know, that like Hellblazer had a crazy high quality level of covers, you know, that it, I mean, it was intimidating, especially back then. Cause I think I was like 26 when I took that book over and I, wow. I certainly, I certainly didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of, figuring that figuring figuring it out on each on each cover but um i just like that character you know like any excuse to do that character um and and all all that vertigo stuff there was yeah yeah, the this the vertigo wraparound cover you did recently (gasps) this is just nuts that was from that was for spain spanish show spanish company yeah that that was fun that was fun I, i People kept asking me, like, well, what about this character? Or what about this character? Like, I, I missed a lot of, I guess, a lot of the kind of main, you know, like the extremist and all that kind of stuff. Enigma, all those all those initial Vertigo characters. Um, but, yeah, I was just like, man, how, you know, I don't, I don't know how much more I can fit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much more we can fit in that, that image, you know. Swampy in the back, so sick. Yeah, very cool. Now, have you uh, have you been able to watch the Sandman series? We didn't talk about that yet. I haven't. I know I have. I'm behind on everything, man. I haven't seen any of the new. Uh, I haven't seen any of the new stuff. How, how is it? Is it, is I, it I liked it a lot. They did a really good job with it. Uh, with the initial episodes, for one thing, and then yesterday they surprised everyone, dropping an extra episode, mm. completely unannounced. They just put it out, so. Uh, this was uh, a two-parter. So the first part of it was animated because the first part was uh, Dream of a Thousand Cats. Yeah. Oh, uh, And wow. then, uh, yeah, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I expected that they would touch on that sometime. I, I figured we would get that in, like, season two or three kind of thing. Right. So they did that animated, which, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, the second part of it and the the longer part of this you know hour or something episode was uh calliope mm. so that's the one where the uh the muse had been uh you know sort of imprisoned by the uh author for for decades for yeah. to be his muse and get him success and then uh you know we saw her get uh transferred over to the next uh the next author who's going to uh abuse her for the same reasons but uh, yeah, very cool. Just out of nowhere, they dropped dropped in another episode. Honest. Who's the dude who did the Corinthian? He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I forget his name. I really didn't know him from anything else prior to that. But uh, yeah, and they did a good job with uh, only sparingly showing his eyes. You know, showing him yeah. take off the the shades and revealing who he was underneath. But they did a really good job, and uh, you know. We're, I mentioned this when we were just uh, texting. Uh, James Tynan is doing a very cool uh, 
Corinthian story in uh, Nightmare Country right now. And I think that's that's a great time that they should be doing more of these uh, more of these characters, giving them new stories. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wonder, I wonder what they'll do. It just all depends on, I think, their film plans too. You know, you know, who knows what's going on? I mean, it's you know, it's uh, like I was, you know, like I was saying, it's like they'll do. I'm su- I'm surprised they didn't have more Sandman related books to kind of support this. I guess they have all the originals, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they can re- they can resell all the originals, but uh... yeah, they they have put out the the original Sandman run came out in a new four volume format that you know collected the uh, the first seventy five issues through four volumes, and now there's a, a fifth volume coming out that I think collects Overture and a few other things. Hmm. So they're definitely cashing in on that. I'll definitely watch it. I, at some point or another, I'll I'll get to it for sure. I mean, you know. there are points in the show where they're literally almost going line for line with the with the books. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, one of the episodes of the death episode, uh, the sound of her wings, that's as good an episode as I have seen of any show. Hmm. Mm. Very well done. But uh, you're, you, know, you talked about uh, being behind on watching things like that. You're uh, at least knee-deep in some other things you're working on. Uh, do you want to talk about anything uh, about the, uh, um, at least the one other project that you've been working on? Oh, man, I, I would love to. They're going to announce it on God, when, September, though, some, sometime in September. So it's soon. They're gonna, they'll drop it soon. And then I can I can talk I can talk a lot more about it. It's um, yeah, I, I wish I could. <laughs> is there, well, is there it's, something... it's out there. Like we can, we can say who it's with because you've both talked about it. He's posted about it as well. Yeah. So like, yeah. we can say that it's Mattson Tomlin who yeah. Uh, yeah. wrote uh, uh, Batman the Imposter, and he was yeah. one of the oh. screenwriters who worked with Matt Reeves uh, throughout part one of the. Uh, Drafts yeah, of yeah. the Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. He's um, yeah. He's he's just starting to do comics. So like he did the Imposter, and uh, uh, I think he's going to do you know more more comic book stuff for sure. But you know, mostly he's he's done film work, and he's he's working on the Berserker movie. Keanu yeah, Reeves. the Keanu Reeves one. That's pretty crazy seeing him uh, on stage with Keanu at uh, at San Diego. Like, hey, I know that yeah. guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's just a really exciting writer, you know. I like, I, um, I have this weird thing with, and it was the same with Brian when I when I first started working with Brian, where um, I just get this weird feeling, and it's it, it, you know, Brian had done like six issues of Hundred Bullets, and I was like, this is the guy, you know, I want I want to work with this guy. With Matson, um, we were following each other on Instagram, and I was watching the stuff that he was posting like he posts stills from movies yeah um and i was like man this guy's got awesome taste and he was posting stuff you know like some korean films that i love and and uh just had really 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 good taste and um you know that's where the kind of conversation between us started and you know he's a big big comic book fan so typically like you get a lot of these guys who want to 
have things work the other way. You know, like they want to do comics and then hopefully get those made into movies. Um, Matt's is like, I don't want to say the opposite, but kind of where it's like he loves comics, you know, and he knows comics. So it's like he he wants to work on he wants to work in the comic medium, which I thought was cool because it's not like, oh, let's do this project and get a movie made. It's like, let's see what comics can do. You know, like, let's see how how this medium can how he can work within within this medium, you know, and, and what we're doing is pretty different from what he did with Andrea, you know. So it's it's been cool uh, to see him jump in the deep end and just start swimming. You know, like he's he's really um, it's great. It's great to work with someone, mm. someone like that. Yeah, we did a really deep dive into the imposter. Uh, it's a long episode. I don't know if you want to go back and find it, but we we love that story. Um, so yeah, we're look, definitely looking forward to your new project with him. It's always yeah, cool. yeah, it's going to be fun to see what um, what he does in the future. Even you know, with uh, I'm sure he and Andrea will do something else. You know what I mean? Like, I think the posture went really, really well. So, um, you know, I think, I think that there's, um, a lot of, going to be a lot of cool stuff we'll see from him just comic book wise, you know what I mean? Like in the, in the future, uh, not to mention, you know, stuff like the Berserker movie. So, um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and what's interesting with what you guys are doing is, uh, I, I don't think we can say the publisher yet, but uh, it's creator owned. So that means the freedom that uh, the two of you will have is uh, complete pretty much. Yeah, it's boom. I, we've, okay. I, definitely, okay. I, spilled, I spilled the beans on that. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't know if we could say it or not. <laughs> no, they were there, you know, like afterwards, everybody was like, you probably shouldn't have done that until. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're well, probably. I did. Yeah, it's it's being done. It's being done through Boom. So, um, yeah, it uh, it's like I said. It's like the, it's totally different from anything I've ever done. Every like everything about it. The story is totally different. The um, yeah, I, I hesitate to say too much about it yet, but uh, you know, because I know Boom is. Um, I think they really want to be responsible to kind of like introduce this project to people. You know what I mean? Like they're excited about it, which is good. It's, it's awesome to work for a company that is into it. Like, you know, like working for someone who's really into it is, is cool. Uh, you know, like, and they've got a lot of stuff right now, like Berserker being one of them, but also something is killing the children and, and um, they've had a good year, you know, oh, yeah. or years I should say. With, mm-hmm. with this a lot stuff. of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. and and I I like the way they operate. Uh, I, I like Ross uh, a lot too, and yeah, it's it's cool to see you guys working with them. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Matson Matson um, knows this guys pretty well, you know, and and uh, it was really uh, when we started pitching the book, uh, you know, he was really the one who said let's let's take it to let's take it to Boom, and so um, yeah, it's that's that's really his his idea you know so so uh again good a good idea so um yeah in a month in a month all this like all of this of course you know after like the book comes out after fan expo everything else comes out so is, are, is, is it 100 complete already or you, is it a title you'll be ongoing 
No, it's not going to be an ongoing monthly book. Okay. It's going to be, um, uh, it'll definitely be kind of a limited series, but it's not going to have the kind of typical, you know, publishing, publishing schedule. Gotcha. So more of like a French, it'll be more French style, I think in that, in that way, or, um, you know, the format and like the, the rate of publication will be slightly different for American audiences for sure. But, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll come out when it comes out. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a schedule. Like, like some of the black label books. <laughs> like I'll, I'll just say this. The first issue is definitely done. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so the, you know, that that's done and it's, it's, um, we're trying to figure out, uh, like I said, like, like I said before, this is a moment in time where you just kind of have to try shit. You know, you have yeah. to see what works and what doesn't. And, and um, that's what we're doing here too. Let's see if it works. Very cool. And uh, and at, since we're talking about this, for anyone who will be interested to see and hear more of it, uh, I have chatted with Matt. And then when the time comes that you guys are really free to talk about that, uh, we talked about doing an episode with the two of you uh, coming on here to, to chat nice. about that book. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, Matt, Mattson. Yeah, especially because Mattson loved to to talk about the imposter too. I'm sure, like he's, you know, he's that that would be cool for sure for him. Yeah. Have you? Um, ha- I know you've been like teasing it. I don't know if I've seen any official announcement yet. Has there been? I know people are like bummed after they've heard, um, you know, your your detective covers are ending. But has there been an official announcement about the kind of next ongoing thing really like that's similar? I'm doing these Joker covers and I don't, I don't know if that's like a, like a limited series or is it, I don't know. Is it an ongoing? Have they announced that? Uh, I, I, I you got, you got, like you're doing covers good. on it. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know, man. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm happy to do them, you know? So if it's I kind of, I don't, I, I don't know if it's a, if it'll be an ongoing book. Cause I, did they have another series that just came out too that ended and this is like part two or season two or something like that? Of mm-hmm. my, my I, the current Joker, I yeah. could be wrong, but I, did it end at book number 15? The one that Guillaume was drawing and, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's and all I, it's ended. Um, yeah, uh, the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, is listed as an ongoing. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. Is that is it a black label or is it uh, regular DC? Uh, I believe that is just uh, a regular DC. I don't think it's a black Sweet. label. Yeah, maybe if uh, maybe if we pump up the sales with your covers, they'll they'll keep they'll keep that one going. Yeah, I fly under the radar, man. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't. There's some there's some guys I think whose cover stuff, like um, what's the word they use? Like. A, what is it? Switch the needle or changes the? What's the word? Oh, move, move the needle. Move the, move the needle. needle. Yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't. I don't. think those those detective comics pretty much flew under the radar from, from what I understood. Like you know, I think they definitely had their audience, but it, it wasn't like um, like some of the other bigger. What's the guy Archer? It's like I know his stuff. It's like you put Archer on a book, and it like the sales actually are affected by that. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't think I'm there yet, but that's uh, interesting. Which is bizarre to me. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't. That's crazy. uh, Yeah, I don't. I, I'll grab art germ covers here and there if I like a particular one. But yeah, your detective run, I grabbed every one of those. Every one. 
think I'm missing maybe three. Well, who's the who's the <laughs> artist? So, uh, what's her name? Soza. So, so oh, so, Make a Soza. She's she's done like what two covers, and they're both like market value at like eighty now or something. Oh, well, she she's done like uh, half a dozen uh, Catwoman covers now, in, yeah, in addition to a bunch. She had been doing she had done some Dynamite books and things like that before as well. She she's done a, a lot of stuff, but yeah, she really. Uh, got put on the map with those Catwoman covers that just exploded. It's it's interesting to see, like, you know, who whose stuff, like, just for whatever reason, just goes nuts. And... Yeah, like, for a while, uh, Peach Momoko's covers were the thing. Uh, before that was Art Germ, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, not so many people, or not, not so many people, Gramps gets naked for and puts their covers on the floor. <laughs> And you're one of many, you're one of only a few I've heard that about, so I, there's that. For sure. I put on some jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I like Josh Middleton. I like the yeah. stuff. He yeah, he's, he's excellent. Awesome. Yeah, he just had another Ivy co- cover come out too. And oh, yeah, his are really yeah. good. I gotta find that. Yeah, he's he's just stuff's just elegant and you know beautifully done. And Man, I will cool. still grab almost any book that has an Adam Hughes cover. Oh yeah, Adam's the man, you know. Like, yeah. He's just one of the best, period. Best there is. Yeah, there's, there's, man, there's some good people doing covers, though. That's for sure. It's, it's, um, it's a, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say competitive because everybody does kind of their own thing to a certain extent with a few exceptions. But, uh, you know, there's just some really, really good guys doing, mm. doing cover stuff right now. It's, you, uh, you did, you, you've been doing some, uh, pretty consistent, Star Wars, Bounty Hunter stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but then you also did some kick-ass, like, you did a Peter Spitterman. Um, Spitterman. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Spitterman. And uh, you mentioned, I saw that you were talking to, you're like, maybe, maybe I'll do some Marvel stuff. Is there any talks right now about that, or is that just very, very loose? Yeah, loose, loose, loose conversation. But um, there's, yeah, there's some... I've never really done anything for Marvel other than a smattering of things, you know, covers here and there, you know, like I did what, six daredevil covers years mm-hmm. ago. I did those, I did those Han Solo covers, got fired from those covers. So I didn't, what? Think, yeah, yeah. They fired me. Lucasfilm fired me, man. Lucasfilm. Uh, What'd you do? Cause I drew Han, I drew that cover with Han Solo shooting first. Uh, yeah. I drew that cover with them all. Like they won't republish that outside of the, like that, no other foreign publisher can republish that. that, that wow, because that, co- that is a thing. that cover is still that. on. Uh, that cover still on Splash Page Art. I think about buying it yeah. all the time. Do it now, yeah, bro. It, you it, hear? It, you heard him? You heard it? Why like, now? It's, it's the cover. It's the cover that uh, I was supposed to do the whole run of that those covers, and the editor was like, "Ah, I, I turned in the third cover," and she's like, "They want to go in a different direction." Whoa. Like, okay. Oh, you might have just so what, convinced me. Was it the one with uh, with Greedo on the uh, like dead yeah. in front of him? Yeah, he's got like his leg up. It's you know, it's like he's got dead aliens around him, and I, I guess Lucasfilm <laughs> not down with that anymore. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, because it technically goes against their uh, their um, what do you call it? The new Lucas or the new <laughs> Star Wars? Because uh, you know, like the special edition, uh, Greedo shoots first, so technically Han is. He shoots in self defense or whatever. That's it. Yeah. 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 The, the, um, <laughs> the, I was surprised when I got the bounty hunter gig because I thought Lucas, I thought I was on the 
black like Lucasfilm blacklist. Wow. But I guess things change there equally as rapidly as at other, you know, as at other other places, at least in terms of the people working there. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just did those because I did those for one cover. I, I I just really wanted to draw someone in carbonite. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> the only reason why I did those those covers to eventually be able to do one character in carbonite. That that was not smart, but um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But the I love I love the suit the the suit detail in the Peter Spiderman cover, like and I I got to get the black and white and then they have the Virgin and the black and white which looks amazing too. But yeah, like uh, it's really cool to see Spider Man in like the suit the detail of the suit is not something they normally you know everyone kind of do, does the costumes now um, like skin tight and very like yeah. almost as if it's skin and it's not a suit. I love seeing who's you know, Spider Man. <laughs> Wrong Spiderman. podcast, bro. You mean Spiderman? I grew, up, I grew up with Nicholas Hammond, man. Like that was that was yes. the Spider Man I grew up with. Yes. You know, cue the di- you. cue the disco porno intro music. Yes. <laughs> that's what that's what I grew up with. So that that so that for sure. I remember he he wore the web shooters outside, which I thought was super cool. Super cool. Had a utility belt. Super. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of where. Yeah, oh yeah, that's quick. Robin's quick. Good job, Jamie. Bring that up, Jamie. <laughs> I love this cover. Do yeah. it. Do it. The car. Let's see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. Uh... I, I like more Spider Man. Spider Man's fun. You know? Hell yeah, man! He looks cool when you do him. I wanted to ask, um, I guess, a little geeky question because you know, with your art you can see through the years how you've, you know, developed your style and are constantly tweaking and, and improving. And um, I found this cover of Batman Gotham Knights 50 with the return of Hush. Oh, God, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Was this more like traditional art or was this kind that of the beginnings of your... That was painting. Okay, painting. not the background. The background was added afterwards. I, I, that painting has a white background. And I okay. think the original has a white background. Um, and then that, yeah, they needed hush on the cover, and so at that point in time, I, you know, I just added it digitally. It was a last minute thing. Okay, uh, but yeah, that that was that was a painting. That was back when I thought I was I was going to be able to actually do that stuff by hand and. <laughs> and then two weeks later for a cover go ah oh, this probably isn't this probably isn't the, the way to go about this because i can't you know i can't do two covers a month it's right yeah. wow god look at that so good that daredevil oh, that... peter spitterman spitterman <laughs> yeah there's some people that really um like that kind of take on the costume other people don't i've noticed that you know some people they're like, why, you know, why can you see his neck? And I'm just like, because remember in the Steve Ditko comics, he was always pulling his mask off the top. Of, now he does it in the movies and, you know, like, but I'm that, I'm that annoying guy in the audience going, That's, that doesn't work. There's no <laughs> the line where the mask connects to the shirt like that. That's fake. That's, yeah. Once he puts the mask back on, it just magically joins onto the suit. Yeah. It's nanotech, guys. You don't understand. Nanotech. I hate those <laughs> Movie suits, man. I think they're so bad. Like, yeah, everything's an Iron Man suit, a nanotech Iron Man suit now. So bad. Like it's just, I, 
I would love to be able to get into that stuff. I just can't, man. Mm. I, I can't. I haven't seen any of those new Spider-Man. And people tell me they're good too. You know, I just I can't get on board. It's, it's, I don't know. Like the last one was just one hundred percent fan service. So a good depends on what your like what your right. definition of good is. It's basically was like, oh, this is what you wanted. Here, have this. As far as like a good story and movie, debatable, but. Yeah, I just I, I I can't I'm a, I'm a, I'm that guy who still thinks that Spider Man should be about a kid who he, everything he does is like he does a good thing and he still gets smacked right. in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's I, I, poor. I think Spider Man should be like a not like not a downer necessarily, but it should just be like they need and Marvel will never do this. They need a really they need someone like the Safety Brothers to do a Spider-Man movie. You know, you know what I mean? Like where it's just, it's like he's a New York kid. So I, I, none of those actors ever come across to me as like a New York kid. You know, they, like, yeah, and, intangible and, about New York people. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they have a that attitude. They have like a, this, everything about them is is unique. You know, I, like, I never and, got. And, and they never cast anyone who looks genuinely looks like they would be picked on in school. You know, be, obviously it's Hollywood, so they have to cast these good-looking people. But it's always like the the '80s or '90s movie where the the nerdy girl was nerdy because she had glasses, but then someone yeah. realizes, oh wait, when you take off her glasses, she's beautiful, <laughs> super hot. <laughs> and that's that's what all of these Peter Parkers are. They're like, well, he's nerdy until oh wait now he's been bitten by a spider and you know he's shredded and we notice that he's good looking now and yeah they, yeah, they, they, they never they ne- yeah exactly like they they never have uh someone who you can feel like got picked on in school he's never weird like i always when i read those first issues like the ditko stanley issues I always felt like he's a weirdo, like not yeah, so much yeah. he was a nerd, but like he was that guy in school that you thought that guy has either got bodies in his basement yeah, or right. he's just, a, you know, like they he's always, like, he's like, he's like Marty McFly's dad or something, you know? Yeah. 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 He's just a weirdo, man. Like you don't, you don't, you know, it's like when you see those pictures of Ditko and like his high school photo, have you guys seen that? It's fucking crazy. He looks just like the Peter Parker he drew. Just like it. And then you think about Steve Ditko and what he had, like kind of what he became later on in life and, you know, how everybody who knew him was just like, there's those stories about him asking out the, what's her name, Flo, the secretary at Marvel or whatever at the time and getting turned down. And then, um, who was it? Like one of the other freelancers at the time asked her out and started dating her. And so he took it like really badly. Like that to me is like Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy. That's his origin story. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> that should be what, what Spider-Man is. And now he's like this lovable nerd. Yeah. There you go. Like that, that's it. Like, he's, you know, it. like he, like when you look at those early issues, how he drew Spider-Man, that's like kind of what he looks like. Yeah. You know? Like that, like that with a sweater vest over like yeah he's wearing yeah. Like, a sweater vest he has like a sweater vest like in his like button down shirt with his tie under the sweater vest we we need to give him a pocket protector you know like make him yeah. and i mean yeah. from what i 
from what I understand about Ditko, he was no joke, man. Like if, if you got on his bad side, he was like, you, you, could, you had an, he had X's in your eyes. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was not an easy dude to, to get along with. And so you think about like the, all those Flash Thompson and all those guys, you know, like all those early characters in those early issues. And if you look at it through the perspective of Steve Ditko, that becomes a very different character, mm-hmm. a very different book than the way they, they've kind of tilted it these days. And, and, uh, yeah, man, like, you know, so it's, but Aunt May is like a Queens chick. Come on. I, you know, they always make her like this, like, oh, I'm Aunt May. You know, like, she's like, I'm like, give me a break. Aunt, Aunt May's got, you know, I don't know. She's like, they never give it the personality. I think that it should, that it should have. And what have they been doing with Flash Thompson in the movies? Like, oh, I don't know. He, in, with each progressive film franchise, he's become smaller and less of what he was. You know, like the the Tobey Maguire movie, I think Joe Manganiello played him. And now uh, he's this, you know, just a small kid who's in like all the same clubs that Peter's in. Trying to get uh, his MIT. Academic. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're almost like technically friends. Yeah. Like he razzes them a bit, but yeah, they're they're kind of pals. They're, they're, They're pals in the way that Jim and Dwight are friends in the office. <laughs> Marvel has a no bullying policy now, so yeah, even for really? the bad guys. <laughs> it's not, I don't know. It definitely <laughs> seems like it. God, I, I could believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, totally, it feels like I it. I totally movies. believe that. That's how fucking crazy it is. <laughs> I mean, now, now, my and my job, like we design Marvel stuff, and Deadpool can't have any guns. Like, Whoa. Not not that I really care, but like one time I had to draw like a flag coming out of his uh, gun, and I'm just like, they're they're literally rejecting their own stuff. Yeah. So luckily, you can have pouches though, all right? (laughs) Pouches are okay. Pouches, maybe. Encouraged. I have to check those pouches. (laughs) Didn't didn't um, Lee? I remember like I I was look I was like talking to you about uh, I think it was Jay. I was a Justice League dark cover, I think, and uh, it was like. Constantine, Swamp Thing, and then like Zatanna's in the front, and then I didn't even realize she's wearing pants or yeah. shorts because they asked you to, to not have her in fishnets. Yep. Yeah. 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 The original version that covers her in fishnets, and they were like, no, no, no. Whoa. <laughs> this is not. This is not happening. Yeah. yeah. I have I have like a number of those weird stories, like you know that Superman cover I just did too, like the Superman with the bullets bouncing uh-huh. off. Him and the, yeah. like yeah like that is now the third superman image that i've had to alter anatomically where i'm just like wow dude like i what am i doing that's odd here in that in that with superman but they take issue with it I, maybe it's because i was drawn with the red undies too so that that could be that could be part of it but um yeah there's like very they're very particular about um cleavage now Guns, yeah. That, that, that what was what was their note on this one? Uh, like the package, like they they want Kendall. You know what I mean? Like oh. totally. And, and so I was just like, all right, I'll you know whatever. I'm, I'm done arguing that. <laughs> but, oh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Constantine, like Constantine, that Prime One statue cannot have a cigarette. 
like all that kind of oh, stuff. Wow. Like, you can't do any of that. Like I just did the Red Hood on a cover. Red Hood can't have guns. Wow, um, dude. Yeah. yeah I, I, I felt like some of that had backed off because for a while, uh, what we were hearing is that uh, DC wasn't licensing statues even to have guns. But Prime oh, yeah. 1, I saw Jason Sabak posted the Prime 1 statue that they gave him, the Grim Knight, and he's all gunned the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I, I think you just can't have it on the box now, maybe. But I'm curious what they did to the packaging. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's crazy, man. I mean, they, <laughs> I wonder who they're protecting. You know, really, at the end of the day, it's like. I love how uh, the you know Todd Todd McFarlane. Ah, oh, we did that. We did the with the figures, and they did. We can't have the guns, the figures. Sure as we're gonna do, we're just gonna do a fucking pack where you get all the fucking guns in the pack. <laughs> it's not DC. It's just a Todd McFarlane. Uh, gun pack. <laughs> so that's what he did. He released a pack. It was just like it was an accessory pack with just a fucking arsenal, and it, they all fit the DC uh, his DC figures. Genius. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Speaking of that, any commentary on uh, your new line of figures for the, the page uh, punchers? Page oh. punchers, the Black Adam. Oh. oh, how to how to address this? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. I love this Batman figure. I appreciate it. I think they're fucking horrendous. But oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was told that was going to be a collaboration. And I was like, cool, a collaboration. Oh. Sounds good. So I did designs. And I think I did like a cover for them, which I I, I, I haven't posted because I don't think it's very good. But um, I did a a poster for the, or a cover for this comic book they wanted to include, which again, I thought was a great idea. Like give the kids comics and, mm-hmm. and toy at the same time. Yeah. No. So I, I, yeah, I did those designs and then I didn't hear anything. And I was, I was, I, I guess I'm used to guys like prime one who will send you the 3d sculpt and they'll send you like you, you know, you can give notes and they have, oh, you know, okay. you can definitely tweak things in process and that, I guess that's just not the case. McFarlane, just, they just do their thing, you know, and then whatever comes out, comes out. And so at the end of the day, it's not collaboration. It's just, they just took what they wanted from those designs and throughout the rest and, you know, did, did kind of their own, did their own thing. I think Batman looks like he's farting. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think Superman, he, like, Superman just looks strangely like he was, on Saved by the Bell or some some show like that, you know what I mean? He has that look to him where he's like, uh, he should have been on a '90s teen teen show or something. Yeah, yeah, that that was, that was disappointing. The yeah. I feel like they have like the the statues do a good job of it because they just have the size and the ability to get really detailed. Because your stuff is so detailed and so realistic that. To put to try to put it down on such a small scale like that is impossible to capture just that flavor that you get. But like there are dudes who do like customization, like uh, one one twelve and one six stuff that I think you've either posted or like you know we've like talked or stuff that you've seen where at least there's a Joker. There's like a Joker. Oh, yeah, um, that's so awesome. That Barry Keegan Joker toy. Yeah, out of this world. Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah. yeah, there's the, the customization. Like, you know, obviously these guys have way more time and um, 
they're they're able to do this stuff custom so it's going to look much better and, and more detailed mm-hmm. but that's the only stuff i've seen that that gets anywhere close to uh, if it's not a prime one studio like or you know if it's not something that massive it's uh something like a custom figure because your stuff is just too, it's just too detailed like you're yeah. the, the it, to- it, it, uh, it's, you know, it's really hard for it to translate yeah mass, mass yeah. quantity and i think there's some guys who choose stuff translate really good you know like jorge menace's stuff those statues prime one did with hit with him are awesome you know there's some guys who their style is really per that kind of perfect mix of okay it's going to work for a smaller toy it's going to work for a bigger statue it you know i think my stuff at the end of the day it's like you said it's just it's hard to do small you know the, one mm. of the limitations of what i do is that it's like if you want to if you want to do big statues you can you can with the time that they take i should say at prime one because they you know they take a lot longer the development process is a lot more intense but um i you know i always saw what todd was doing and thought this is cool you know these are cool toys with the size that they're at they're really they're really well done i remember back in the day like he you know he was the first to kind of bring that bring those super detailed toys out at least in my in my memory so i, I thought it would be a cool little little um little uh side project in it yeah it kind of blew up in my face but what are you gonna do you can't win them all did did your art is your art in the in the packaging or is it in the in the comic book there gramps do you know if that's is that the case with the uh is there anything else lee bermejo in that thing the comic yeah see it on the back yeah it's a black also yeah Yeah. okay but the Ah. front is just a full window with the figure and you get a totally looks like he's farting it's like he's he looks like he's (laughs) It's like he's he's got this look on his face, like he stopped mid mid uh, part mid walk. Like, like, eh, <laughs> you know, maybe it's when they're walking, waddling around, and they stop and. Shit. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I'll do a, a, a little toy photo with with there that inspiration. I like to think that maybe he's swimming and he got scared because he heard that rumor that if you fart in the water, like water will go up your butt and then you'll drown. <laughs> I think Constant. Look at Constantine there. I think Constantine looks like. First of all, he looks like he's got a wig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's someone cosplaying as Constantine. Right. And it's, I like how low his pecs are in the shirt too. He's got a lot of neck. Okay, they but Batman his, uh... totally in that picture looks like he just farted. He's like he's like or like somebody else farted, and he just smelled. You know, he just like, like oh, he's disgusted. Like, he's like, mm. That Black so, Adam's the Black Adam looks. Uh, yeah, it looks like that's an interesting black madam at Black Adam head. I don't know why they gave him those undies, man. My design didn't have those undies. Someone, I, I guess they just felt like he had to have gold undies. You know? Is that maybe the movie has that? I don't think so because I yeah I just I did a cover for those, so I got to see all the uh, oh. behind the scenes photos. Yes, and I don't I don't think he has undies. In oh yeah, that Black Adam cover with uh, him and Vers Hawkman. Yeah. Yeah, that thing looks sexual. That is like just charged with like, like because it's funny because you know, um, it's interesting. The Rock is such a massive presence. Like I'm still having a hard time like separating it's the Rock, but in that cover, that's probably the first thing I've seen where like, uh, like where I say you know Rock as Black Adam looks fucking cool. That cover, I was like, all right, that looks fucking cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. What I'm really curious about with that movie is. 
Rock, the Rock is like making this big deal about Black Adam kills, right? Like, how cool is that? He's a he's a superhero that kills. I'm, I, I, part of me wants to really ask him, like, dude, do you really think this is like a new thing? <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is new? What you're pushing, like, how tone deaf is that? Like, where he's just that's what's cool, I guess. To Black Adam, he's like. He doesn't take any shit from anybody. Else. He's uh, he's coming off of the Jungle Cruise. That's why. Right. Yeah. He's uh, he's coming off of that Disney wave. So to him, this is something new. Right. Or the DC Pets movie. As yeah. long as he doesn't say the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. As long as long as he doesn't say that anymore. I'm For good. the millionth time. Or in the movie. Yeah. If they, I'll, I'll tell you this much: if the hierarchy of power doesn't change, I'm going to be really fucking disappointed. Because he's been saying it so much that, and I'm interested to see what the hell that means. Like, I'm wondering, like, he's such a big name. Are they going to use him in this film as kind of like the new umbrella to just branch everything off of? Change the maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It's going to do 1.5 billion dollars, I'm sure. So we'll see. The thing about The Rock, even if it's a piece of shit, so many people go see his movies. Yeah, that. That's that's what I'm worried about is like, okay, like movie, it could be a piece of shit and it's still going to make a ton of money. So we're just going to get more of whatever that is. Right, right, right. Yeah. The trailer's pretty damn good. Yeah. Have we talked new, to you since... The new guy in charge uh, isn't to scrap the Black Adam movie. <laughs> Have we talked to you since the Batman stuff came out? I think so. Didn't we talk about it? I yeah, I, I feel like yeah, we, we did, did talk about the movie. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Still cool though. Yeah. The, um, the Batgirl thing was kind of crazy but um yeah because it was done pretty much yeah yeah that's wild to hear yeah and keaton was in it you know so I would, yeah. Yeah. and then uh the flash movie got into trouble too because uh, ezra miller decided to go psycho holiday yeah they, they gotta i don't know who, who knows man who knows what's what's gonna happen it's going to happen there. Like I said, it's a hurricane. Like they're just trying to live through it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like the house keeps, you know, pieces keep flying off. Like, and it's crazy because, like, the publishing, like the publishing is is in kind of disarray. And then so they've been pushing for like the movies and the shows to kind of help like carry it. And then now the fucking movie is in absolute disarray. <laughs> like, right, right. It's just going to trickle down. Yeah, and after the Batman, it's like, man, that movie did really well. And, and to boot, like, I, you know, a, I loved it. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that if you if you have that, it's not a, it wasn't a win, I guess, in the way they calculate wins, which is a billion dollars or whatever, you know, that's, that's how I think how they look at it. But how can that not have been a, a kind of sign to them of, oh, look, our enti- the entirety of our slate doesn't resemble anything, you know, like yeah. what what the movies that are making us the money, aside from Aquaman, you know, are are doing. Yeah. yeah. And most of those are the ones that um, you give the creator the control, and then he tells you, just back the fuck off, let me do my thing, and you let him do his thing. And then that's what you get. You get something really like, I mean, it really hits home for a lot of people. And that's, that's what is, I think, lasting. And then, I don't know, they got to sell, they got to sell underwear. They got to sell lunchboxes. So, you know, it's, uh, 
I think it's an interesting uh, choice that they are allowing the uh, Joker sequel to to go as the musical idea. I think it's cool, and I have a strange feeling that they'll nail it. But uh, it's surprising that they let that go. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. It's a wild idea. Yeah, who knows, man? When you, when you know when you make when you make that much money, you, know, you get a lot of obviously carte blanche. I'm sure they they can if you know if that first movie hadn't made a billion dollars, I doubt they would be making a musical sequel. But um, yeah. you know, and and that that's another movie that even regardless of how the final product comes out, again, I I think I have a feeling that they're going to nail. I I don't think they would have opted for a musical unless they had a great idea for it but even regardless of how it comes out that's going to make money between the success of the first one and just lady gaga on her own yeah oh because she's got her own yeah she's got her own like uh she has her own army of fans yeah yeah so there are however many million people will go see that movie just because she's in it i just think it's funny that they're doing a musical with joaquin phoenix as joker when they had uh, what's his Jared name? Leto. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like Funny. he's like my dream. <laughs> of course, he probably just lip synced the whole way through it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's it's uh, who knows, man? Who, like I said, who knows? Who knows? It's it's such a precarious time. If they if they shit can an entire finished movie, that's crazy. You know, the how bad must it have been? That's what I want to know. That makes me want to watch bad. it. <laughs> pretty bad. You finished it, and then you like you have Michael Keaton in a bat suit in that movie, and you like it's it's that bad where you wouldn't even let that. T- like I want to see how bad it was. Please let me see it. You know that it may be actually a very good thing because this preserves Keaton's legacy instead of just shitting on it. Yeah, you know they'll release it in some form later on down the road. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully someone steals it and releases it online. Oh, how crazy would that be if it leaked? Like that would be that would be insane. Like the like the Deadpool like that Deadpool trailer leaked, and that's what led to them getting like the momentum to actually get the movie going again. Yeah, it's just I, I, it's crazy. Like you you, I just can't believe it. Like how bad it was versus what it doesn't matter. Like. You paid these people, like, people got up at 2 in the morning to brew coffee for the crew to make a movie. Like, they they turn into performance. It's crazy to think they just fucking scrapped an entire movie. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. It's heavy attacks right off. Oh, God, well, Jesus. You, I wasn't really all that surprised because, you know, the – all the planning, all the decision making was made under the former regime. You know, since they yeah. did the merger with Discovery, new management, new ownership's going to say, oh, they didn't want to spend the money to keep. No, we're not going to spend the money to promote this. Yeah, that's not what ours, left. and we don't like it, so we're not going to put our name on it. Yeah, well, so. it, it's it's it also <clears throat> like I guess uh, that was also kind of like a a breakaway, and it's like. Because that was Batgirl, so that was breaking away into its... I mean, it was it had a lot of really confusing parts, I guess, if you're not a, an average... Like, uh, if you're just an average moviegoer, if you're just an average comic fan, like, okay, wait, Keaton's over here, there's a Batman over here, um, and there's Batgirl over here, uh, J.K. Rowling's... J.K. Simmons is 
Gordon. But then over here, you got this and this and this. And so I think that's maybe what the dudes were in charge. You know, they're old boomer guys coming in. You're like, what the fuck is this? This is why is Gordon over here? Why is this Batman over here? But then there's another one over here. No, no, no. We're just gonna get rid of it. You know, that should be your next impression is Zaslav. We should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure it out. I gotta it. Well, I, I I haven't heard him speak yet, so Tom could do any voice, and I'll buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The next the next one should just be Tom. It does all of us and <laughs> impressions of all of us. You could just do your own podcast. Well, when, yeah. when when we had Todd McFarlane on, uh, the first thing Sean Murphy told me was. You guys didn't have Todd on. That was you guys doing doing impressions. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tom to use that idea and just call it the Tomcast, and he just interviews himself doing other people. <laughs> yeah, I got to do. I got people. A couple of people have asked me to figure out Liefeld. I got to figure that one out. I, I I attempted a while back. I just abandoned it. I have to start practicing more. He's hard. He's he's really hard because yeah, it's he's got um. Todd, yeah, Todd has that uh, kind of like he's got marbles in his mouth, you know, like mm. Todd, <laughs> yeah, in his brain too. <laughs> Todd is Todd McFarlane is for me. It's easy because he it almost as if it's like he's always speaking from his he's always talking from his lips. The front here, it's just like you put you just put everything up at the front of your lips, and you just throw a comic book, you throw a page punchers, you kind of do it all daisily, and just push it out from the lips. It's like it's there, baseball. Mark McGuire ball, uh, Mark McGuire baseball, you know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what everyone needs. As long as the voice has something you can exaggerate, mm. then uh, yeah, it works. Thank, thank you guys all for having me. I appreciate it. It's always cool to chit chat. Yeah, we we appreciate uh, you coming back to take the time. Dear Detective is in stores September sixth. Go get both covers. Don't be a dick. Just get both of them. <laughs> Thanks for thanks Over for selling again. this book way better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, awesome. thank you for putting it together, and uh, we look forward to uh, everyone out there in the world getting in in their hands. But uh, thanks again, thanks for listening. That was Bat Forest Radio. That was Libra Mayo, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>